When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So with some of the recent price action to the downside in the silver and gold market, as well as quite a bit of just negative and and weak sentiment here in the precious metal space, I want to take some time to talk about the number one question that every silver and gold owner needs to ask themselves. And that question is not should I buy silver right now or gold? It's an important question, but that's not what I'm talking about today. It's not how low will silver and gold go. It's not which products should I be buying. It's not should I buy now or wait for them to go lower. Those are all important questions. But the question I'm talking about today, question every silver and gold owner needs to ask themselves, is how long am I willing to hold on to my silver and gold? And I'm sure many of my longtime viewers know where I'm going with this because I think, you know, I'm a big believer that if you want to be successful in the precious metal space, whether you see it as a hedge, way to preserve your wealth, as a savings, or as an investment, to be successful, I think you need to have a fairly long horizon. Not to say that that horizon, the time span there, years or decades into the future, that, that it's actually going to take that long. But you need to be prepared to hold your physical silver and gold for the duration of that that horizon. I mean, I want to put this in perspective here. People are talking, you know, analyzing the the day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month. And and I get it. I'm part of that too. But but if we broaden our our perspective over the last seven or eight years, this, this downturn in the silver and gold market... You know, there's people talking now about how, hey, look, there's not even a glimpse of higher prices or new highs in the future. Why should we continue to hold this asset? But seven or eight years in the whole scheme of things is not that long for silver and gold. Now, when we're talking about a stock, yeah, I mean, I think many people would have moved on by now. A real estate market, a piece of real estate, something in the bond market. Sure, that's a long time. But when we're talking about silver and gold, they're not filling the role necessarily of a growth asset, a growth investment that needs to accrue you know, 5% a year, 10% a year. No, that's a stock market's role. That's a business's role. That's a bond's role, right? That's not silver and gold. Again, not to say that it can't appreciate in value, but that's usually not the role that, that we think of it playing first and foremost. Another thing to keep in mind that yes, the seven eight years is is not a whole lot of time in the whole scheme of things. But also, if if you even look at that you know closer, you'd find that actually you know from two thousand eleven or two thousand twelve, silver and gold moved down until they bottomed ultimately in the winter two thousand fifteen two thousand sixteen. But then they moved up quite a bit in the summer two thousand sixteen. Actually, I think silver was above. Uh, twenty dollars an ounce. I think gold might have got about fourteen hundred or thirteen fifty around that resistance level. But you know, it was, it was quite a bit of a move up during the summer of twenty sixteen on the back of a Brexit vote, as well as some some other factors. 
But it came back down since then. The point of what I'm making there, though, is that it's not like it's just been one big downward move the entire time. I would argue that that move up in 2016 was pretty important psychologically. And since then, we've seen, I think, some very healthy bottoming in the silver and gold market. I Yeah, and that's basically me saying that 2018 was the bottom. I could be proved wrong in the next you know couple weeks, couple months here as we move into the summertime. But that was a pretty healthy bottom. And, and for it to break down below that... Um, well, you guys know me, that just makes me more bullish, makes me more likely to buy it, if anything. Uh, but, but I just don't see that happening, a significant breakdown below uh, those levels. Another thing to keep in mind when, when you're asking yourself, how long do I want to hold on to this? Or maybe a better question some people are asking themselves right now is, why am I still holding on to this? Why am I sitting on the sidelines as I see the stock market go so much higher or the steady yield coming out of out of something like high yield debt or the bond market or, or whatever. Do you want to... It's good to question yourself. It's good to question, I think, your investments and your decisions. Okay. But you have to look at it from a full perspective. What's the alternative to silver and gold? Where are you going to be putting that money otherwise? You got a couple choices. First of all, you can put it in cash. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. With a very low yield in the bank account or just otherwise under your mattress. And and the guarantee with that is not a, a wealth preservation technique, but actually wealth erosion through inflation, through devaluation of the dollar or whatever your fiat currency is. So that's kind of the antithesis to silver and gold. The other option you'd have is something like the stock market. But again, are you, are you willing to get out of an asset that's really hated by a lot of people, seen as, as being in a, in a rut? It's, again, dealing with a lot of weak and negative sentiment. And going to a market that is not that far off from all-time highs, arguably in one of the biggest bubbles it's ever been in, a market that's been fueled by easy money, quantitative easing, low interest rates, stock buybacks. Which one are you going to choose? Which one has the higher upside and which one has the larger downside? I think you guys could probably answer that question for yourself. Another option would be some sort of, of asset that, that yields something. So that could be a bond. You go into government bonds and get something like a 2 or 3% yield. But again, you got to ask yourself over the length of that bond or certificate deposit or whatever, um, how are you going to fare against inflation? How much are you going to actually beat inflation by? Maybe a half percentage point if you're lucky and if you you actually buy into the actual official government numbers. You can go into high yield debt, right? And get a higher yield than than that. But 
high yield debt is notoriously risky at the end of a business cycle. I mean, I talked about this last week in, in one of my videos. Uh, when is this stock market finally going to break down or when is this economic expansion finally going to come to an end? It's hard to say, right? I, I can give my predictions and I can give you know some more detailed analysis. But generally speaking, I think, first of all, we're much closer to the end of it than we are to the beginning. Never mind what some people would say that we've been in an economic decline ever since the Great Recession. I get that argument, and I'm not necessarily going to dismiss that. But I'm saying we go off the official numbers. Okay, We're much closer to the end than we are to the beginning. I think I can say that with some confidence. And that doesn't mean a whole lot. I mean, some people might say, well, are you saying we've gone another 10 years? But I said in that video, you know, I think we're in at least the 90th percentile of this. We're in the last 10%. We're in the home stretch or the final blow off top or the final, you know, uh, uh, hurrah before this thing comes crashing down. And again, that's just my perspective. That's my, you know, everybody's got a different opinion on this. But again, is that the time to get out of silver and gold while we're in the last 10%, 20%, whatever your opinion is on where we are in this cycle? Is that the time to get out of what's seen as a safe haven asset? An asset that could perform very well in the next downturn, considering what central banks and governments are willing to do to fight that downturn. I'm talking money printing and massive amounts of debt creation. And again, what's the alternative? The stock market? Mutual fund? Cash? Real estate? You got to ask yourself. Now, I get it. I get it. It's been... A long time since we've seen a lot of life out of silver and gold. It's it's little moves up before they're ultimately, you know, crushed, and and that move up is is for all intents and purposes done for until we get a little bit more momentum again in the future. But if you look at this from a long term perspective, and if you ask yourself, how long am I willing to hold on to this? I think that really puts things in perspective, right? We're coming up on you know right now we're less than three years removed from the big move up in 2016. We're, what, about eight years, a little over eight years removed from silver's high in 2011. Uh, I forget it's actually when, when, when gold actually made its high. But again, around that eight-year time period. Seems like a long time, especially if you've been watching the stock market the entire time. But But silver and gold, again, are not a growth asset. They're not something you buy hoping to eke out a 5%, 10% return each year. No. They're a safe haven asset. They're a hedge. They're a way to preserve your wealth, a savings, and yes, potentially an investment. But an investment that is likely going to perform best when other assets are going down, most notably fiat currency. So by no means take any of this as investment advice, but this is an important question to ask yourself. And I hope that, if anything, this has been encouraging. I hope that this has been a bit of a pep talk for you guys. Because my feelings on silver and gold haven't changed a whole lot. Don't get me wrong, that wasn't always the case. I'd be lying if I told you that when I first got into silver and gold, or into silver in particular, that I didn't see it, first and foremost, as a huge potential for as an investment. Right? I was looking for that return. Now, granted, I was willing to wait a while for that return, but that's what I saw it as, right? I got a year to get into silver or, or I'm going to miss the boat. 
well, that perspective was obviously wrong. And over time, I've, I've changed my perspective and more and more I see it as a savings, as a hedge. But yes, yeah, still as an investment at some point in the future. It's just a waiting game. And so that's what I'm going to continue to do. Wait, accumulate. Wait and accumulate. Maybe that should be our, our uh, motto here in the precious metal stacking community. As always, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video. Listen to this podcast and God bless.